everybody. Thank you for joining today. We're in the live. This is my new podcast format. I did interviews last year. Went very, very well. Hope everybody can uh, can hear me okay today. Got a little bit of a new setup going, and we're going to go ahead and talk about food safety today. So one of the things that's uh, that's really important when you're cooking is food safety, and a lot of people don't understand food safety. They look at certain temperatures, such as the uh, USDA guidelines, which is absolutely what people should be looking at. So I want to start a disclaimer today that I'm not a food scientist. I'm not uh, telling you what to cook at, what not to cook at, but we're going to talk about temperatures and what is recommended by the USDA. But I will tell you that a lot of people think the temperature you see means you have to cook it all the way up to that temperature, and that's not necessarily the case. It actually goes with time and temperature. There's a correlation. And today we're going to talk about a chart that uh, is really good here on food safety. It's critical temperatures. That's what I want to talk about today so people um, know what to do or not to do, uh, especially when it comes to the the things that could be dangerous when it comes to food storage. So I'm just going to give you some guidelines, but the caveat here is you should do your own research. You should listen to yourself, listen to the documentation that's out there or videos that you watch that are by professionals. But this is more of a layman's approach to people. A lot of my friends have asked me things when it comes to the sous vide is, you know, what temperature are you at? And I tell them and they're like, oh, my God, that's so low. Isn't that isn't that dangerous? And the answer is no, because of the time and temperature. So you can see I have a chart here on the left hand side, which is food safety. And I'm going to go ahead and open this up so we can go to full screen. And this chart is is great. It actually talks about the the danger zone, which is really what people need to, to understand. So on this chart, it talks about zero degrees, which is for freezer storage. And I store my food at negative five degrees below zero. I've got a sub-zero freezer out in the garage, and that's where, uh, actually I have two of them. That's where all my meats are actually stored uh, to make sure they stay really frozen and uh, can be preserved with the seal for a long time. Then you move up to from zero degrees to 32 degrees. You're still perfectly safe. You're in the frozen zone. Water's frozen. But then when you get to 32 degrees, and you start raising the temperature, that water starts changing from a frozen to a liquid form. Now, from 32 to 40 degrees, you're going to move out of the freezing zone, but you'll have extremely cold water or food uh, up to 40 degrees. Now, if you notice on the left-hand side of this chart, and we'll explain it for people that are listening while you're driving in the car or download the podcast, there's there's a, uh, a saying which is the, the danger zone. It's an actual zone of temperature where the meat will become dangerous after a certain amount of time. So if your meat is from 40 degrees to 70 degrees, which you see on this chart, you'll see down below it shows four hours and there's an indication that meat should not be there for more than four hours. If it is, you're going to start having potential problems um, with um, all sorts of things when it comes to bacteria and spore growth and things like that. A lot of good information out there on the internet about it, so I advise you to go ahead and search and learn about this stuff. I think, you know, education is power, and the more you're educated, the more power you have to cook things, you know, on the edge but not go over that are safe, give somebody something that may be a little bit unusual that they wouldn't get anywhere else because people overcook it like crazy when they don't have to, and it's just important to know, um, I think, this temperature uh, range when it comes to the danger zone. So the danger zone is from 40 degrees to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you have any meat that's in that danger zone for two hours or more, so once you hit the two-hour mark, you're now, you've been in that danger zone, you've got issues potentially going on. So again, 40 degrees to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, four hours, 70 degrees to 140, or I'm sorry, 40 degrees to 140 degrees, the danger zone, 
is a two hours. So on this chart, you'll see that they talk about listeria, salmonella, and the temperatures where things begin to die. So the listeria death occurs uh, in that at 113 degrees Fahrenheit, things start dying. And then when you move up to 117 degrees, it starts, you know, the death of salmonella. So as you go up, you'll notice that there's various things that will start the death of those organisms at the various temperatures, which goes all the way up to 137 degrees into the 140. And the thing that's important about this is that you really don't want to cook, uh, you know, raw meat. You don't want to serve anything raw meat, anybody raw meat, and certainly don't want to get anybody sick. So I think this is really good for people to know, just especially if you're having, you know, a, a big event, you're feeding people other than yourself. Um, when you do personal chef work or myself, when I've gone and done special events, I want to make really sure that meat is certainly not going to get anybody sick, at least not because I did something and put it in a danger zone and let something like bacteria spores, you know, grow over, you know, hours and hours and hours not paying attention. So here you'll notice that the steak uh, is rare. And we're going to talk about meat real quick here from 120 to 130 degrees. I like my steaks around 129 degrees. And some people say that's, you know, low, too low. It looks raw. It's just bloody. It's not bloody at that temperature. Um, it is raw and uh, at, you know, 120. 18, 117, but in the 120 to 130 range, you're not raw. You're actually uh, cooking your food rare. From the 130 range, then you move up to the medium rare range, which is 130 to 135 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, the thing that's important about this temperature range is that a lot of people will, will especially uh, if you do SCA competitions, you're looking for your, your meat to be medium, right? So that medium, if you notice, borders on uh, between medium and uh, medium rare between 135 and it jumps up from 135 to 145. So medium rare really at 135 is borderline. You could say it's medium rare at 135, or you could say it's, it's at the low end of medium at 135. I like my meat at the lower end of medium rare, uh, right on that border, which is 129, which technically says rare, but um, I think it it's looks medium rare when you look at charts. So 130 degrees roughly for that. 135 to 145. You're in the medium range. That's when the, the meat's going to change. You're going to lose, uh, you know, some of that pinkness. It's going to start uh, turning to, a, you know, that tannish color. And when you start cooking at the higher temperatures, that meat goes beyond medium rare into medium and then medium well and well. You're actually going to start losing your juices. You're going to lose your flavor. Uh, the meat's going to toughen up. You're going to get constriction in that meat as the temperature rises. So there's a reason why a lot of meat lovers love their meat rare to medium rare. And if they're a hardcore carnivore, that's typically the range you'll find when you ask people, what temperature do you like your meat? And if they're cooks or they know their temperatures, they're going to tell you, I like it, you know, around medium rare, uh, the lower end or the higher end of rare, because that's really the most tender and flavorful uh, point of the meat. Uh, and that's excluding seasonings. If there's no seasonings and you have to just eat the beef and you're going to cook it, especially a good dry aged steak, I would not cook that thing in the medium to medium well or well done range at all. Uh, the highest I'd ever want to go is, you know, probably the higher end of medium rare, 132 maybe to 133. But 129 is just, I love that that temperature. And I use my uh, my Thermoworks um, Thermopen 1 to do all my measuring. And when I'm cooking in the kitchen at home, I also measure by temp. I cook by temp. I don't cook by time. And I think that's also a key thing. A lot of people want to know, how long should I cook my steak? Well, there's a lot of factors that go into that question. Uh, or a lot of factors that go into the answer to that question. And it could be, you know, how, what's the thickness of the steak? What's the, uh, what's the concentration of fat? How, how thick of the mar is the marbling? 
Um, and, you know, there's a couple other things you have to look at, and that's going to really make a difference on when that state gets to temperature. So if you have a thermometer and you use a wireless probe um, or you have a wired probe or you're using, you know, something like a, uh, like a Thermopen 1, those are great devices to use so that you can make sure you know your meat is going to be on the money. Remember, when you cook your meat, it's going to actually rise temperature as it rests. So if that meat's going up and you're pulling it at 135, it's going to probably keep rising and go up into the medium range. And then if you're somebody who likes meat medium rare or a little bit on the rare side of medium rare, uh, a couple of my friends tried this and they, they were upset because they were doing some content on social media and they said, oh yeah, I did it to 134 or something. And then it ended up being like 140, 141. And they didn't like it because it didn't look the way they wanted it to look. So make sure you, you learn your, your stove, learn your cooking equipment, the pots or the pans you're using, your grill, so that you know as your meat is gaining temperature, also based on ambient temperature, right? If you're cooking out in a hot degree uh, weather, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, that meat's going to, you know, obviously rise the temperature a lot quicker. If you're in freezing cold temperatures and things are cold outside and it's an open grill, that ambient temperature is going to be hitting it while the heat's hitting it underneath. So there's just a lot of factors. So use those thermometers, folks, to check the temp. Now, when we move to 140, we start moving out of the danger zone. So if meat is, uh, you know, above 140 uh, and it's out for a period of time, that's actually considered a hot holding temperature. So 140 degrees is the baseline of the hot holding temperature. So if you go to an event and they have, you know, they have the, uh, the trays that are out, things that are cooking, um, at high-end places, you'll see a chef going around and they're actually checking the temp of that, they may have uh, um, you know something in their pocket you'll see, but you will see them check the temperatures because they wanna make sure that at that holding temperature, it's not going below 140 degrees. When it goes below 140, remember, you're in the danger zone again from 40 to 140. And you don't want your meat sitting in the danger zone, going out, going back in the danger zone, and then coming back you know, out of the danger zone. It's not gonna do that. So 140 degrees, hot holding temp. Then you go up to 144 in the 145 range, and that's where you're looking at, you know, medium well steak, 145 to 155. Um, I don't think I've ever cooked a steak to 145 or 155, certainly not intentionally, but people like it medium well, that's going to be the range you're at, is 145 to 155 degrees Fahrenheit. And then you have the leather range, I call it the leather range, and that's when your meat's going to turn to leather. Uh, from 155 to 160 degrees is considered uh, well done. USDA will show you 165. And that's because at 165, it's the minimum internal temperature for poultry, um, especially, to make sure that all the bad stuff is, is killed. Um, but, you know, I've been to places that serve chicken tartare here in the Bay Area. A lot of people get grossed out and they say, that's disgusting. How can you have it? Uh, you know, it's, it's, in a, uh, it's in a place that serves it. They've done it for many, many years. It's an incredibly high-rated restaurant uh, in Berkeley, California. Of course, Berkeley, if you know Berkeley, uh, the land of... Uh, of uh, all sorts of stuff that goes on in Berkeley, but they serve chicken tartare. It's actually really good. I've had it there, and I certainly wouldn't wouldn't do it because I'm not an expert at that at preparing that. But I would, I'd eat anything in a restaurant. I mean, it's on them and it's their liability. I think if you have chefs that are doing it and people have rated it and nobody's gotten sick and you haven't heard of anybody getting sick, you're in good shape. So 165 is is the number, and that's why you see, you know, that number a lot. Uh, USDA recommendations. Also, if you look in depth, and I won't go too depth in this podcast because I want to keep it fairly short, there's a time and temperature correlation. So it's literally some of these things are when you hit this temperature at one second, you're good to go. So it's not, you know, if you're at 140, it may be that you have to be at 140 for 45 seconds or a minute. Well, certainly if you're cooking and the food raises up to 140, 145, 
and we're talking CV now, right? You're at the CV temperature. It's sitting there. You're fine. That, that meat's going to be safe. Once it hits that temperature after a certain amount of time, you'll actually have pasteurization. So you can do time and temperature, and that really gives you the, the accurate information. So just going by time is okay with the USDA. Once you hit that temperature, which is typically going to be much higher than a temperature that will still be safe over a long period of time, the federal government doesn't want you obviously taking a chance, and they don't want to take a chance telling people to cook something at a lower temperature that could potentially get them sick because they don't know what they're doing. So make sure you check your temps, check the time. There's some great food safety stuff. I'll put a link down below to some information in this podcast. And just wanted people to, to understand that it is an important subject. Um, it's something you don't hear a lot of people talk about. But if you are going to be getting into sous vide or you're doing sous vide now, it's a great thing to learn. Um, it's really the first thing I learned before I even started doing sous vide uh, probably seven years ago now. Um, and I really read up on the food safety because I wasn't sure. I didn't know how it works. You know, sitting in a bag at a certain temperature, that doesn't sound very safe to me. Uh, but it is safe. And sous vide is amazing. And it's really catching on now. A lot of people on social media, on Instagram, I see on TikTok, they're starting to pull out the sous vide machines. I've had a lot of friends DM me and they've bought sous vide machines and they're using them. And everybody loves sous vide. It's just absolutely amazing. You take the toughest piece of meat and you just turn it into a piece of butter based on time and temperature. You know, some things cook a long time in the sous vide. I have things that have gone up to 72 hours with a massive chuck, turn it into pulled beef. Or if you go a little bit of a lower time, at a lower temperature, you make a really nice tender chuck steak or roast and you can slice it. So that's the great thing about sous vide as well, but I'm not here to talk about sous vide today. Again, going back to the temperature zone, 165, when you start going up higher, we're gonna then hit the boiling point of water at 212 degrees. So check out your safety tips. Uh, this document here is uh, courtesy of Thermoworks. It is free. It's on their website. If you go to the Thermoworks website, there's the thing on food safety, and they ask you for, uh, I think, for your, um, your just your address. Um, and then a little download link opens up, and then you can download this chart. So I recommend if you don't have this chart, this is one of the best charts out there. I've looked at a lot of charts. Some of them are kind of complicated. This is great. I mean, this just lays it all out for you. It has your temperatures, the times. It has your danger zone. It has your hot holding temperature. Everything you really need to know is right in this chart. So take a look. And if you have any questions, make sure you DM me and we will go ahead and uh, wrap up this podcast. I want to keep it short today, but we are going to be having some guests throughout the year. But I, I asked a lot of people what they'd like for a forum. And a lot of people said, you know, Jay, um, there's a lot of interviews out there. Everybody's interviewing everybody else, especially in the barbecue community. Uh, people in the barbecue are interviewing other people, which is great. And a lot of people are fascinating and have great stories. But uh, they want to hear information. A lot of people want want education. They want to know, you know, kind of basic things when it comes to food safety or how to cook a particular steak or do things that aren't necessarily known by people that are well-versed in a specific industry. So, you know, I'm looking forward to bringing more of those educational things to my YouTube channel here, uh, also on Instagram. But the, the majority of my longer videos and the education, the live is going to be here on YouTube. Also, we're going to be posting up some special information on YouTube and some exclusive videos that are not on my other social media sites because this is just a great forum for the videos. Uh, and then we do our lives on TikTok, typically Friday nights. We've been doing our Friday night pizza lives, um, and they've been just explosive as well as doing some basic stuff. I did an omelet uh, last week, and we had 3,300 people on learning how to do an omelet. So a lot of people out there, and I want to make sure that uh, I'm catering to everybody 
that's interested in uh, some more education. So that's going to be a lot of the podcasts. I also have my broadcast channel, which is The Pit, on Instagram at ukulelejbbq. Make sure you go ahead and check that. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to DM me, send me a message, leave a comment here on the podcast. Let me know if you found this informational. Uh, and if you're downloading this, you're in your car driving, you know, make sure to get online and check it out. I'm on all my major podcasts, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, the list goes on. This will be posted probably in the next hour or two, so it'll be available for download. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Smoke on, baby!